this Pride, everyone's coming through for the Trevor Project on YouTube Shorts. Join us! Create a short showing how you're stepping out for Pride using the hashtag YouTubePrideChallenge. Come through for Pride on YouTube Shorts. Visit YouTube.com backslash Pride. Hey y'all, and welcome back to the latest episode of the Fantasy Football Addicts Podcast. As always, my name is Mung Sung. And I'm Nick George Ellis. Welcome back to the Fantasy Football Addicts Podcast. We will be talking about your Tampa Bay Buccaneers today. Who's excited to talk some buckos? Oh, yeah. I'm not. Oh, yeah. You're, <laughs> well, you don't get excited over much, though, so it's hard to shake you. You're a man with, with ice in your veins, and I like that about you. I'm hard to please. We can, oh, we is can that call what it is? Okay. That's exactly what it is. Uh, I see. So no, nothing on the Buccaneers seems all that pleasing to you? No. Oh. Not at all. Mm-hmm. Okay. What about the city of Tampa Bay? How how much? What is that? How does that tickle you? Why do you say that tickle you? I, I I've never heard that out of anybody but you. Yeah, if just, I said it before, you said you said I was tickling the keys in one of like a previous. Episode. <laughs> well, that, that's different. Like, that's what? that's like a machine thing. That's like <laughs> piano and keyboard. Maybe he just likes the word tickle. No, all it's right? fine. It's just it, it's catching me a little bit off guard. Maybe it's a southern thing because you know you're living all. In that southern area, it's a it's a nice word, tickle. Mm, yeah. Okay. Fine. All right. You're gonna, to, uh, you're gonna have to talk the rest of this podcast with a southern. Like us on now. Facebook. All right. Let's uh, <laughs> let, let's get back to the, the Buccaneers quick snaps. Yeah. Episode. Do some do some real quick snaps. I'm gonna stop talking because I have nothing to contribute to this. Quick snaps. Quick snaps. Quick snaps. All right, well, I think we have to uh, start with the number one overall pick, Jameis Winston. Uh, You know, he looked uh, pretty lost out there in the first couple of series when they played against the Vikings. But, uh, you know, he got a good drive going later on the game, and he got a rushing touchdown. So what are your thoughts on Jameis Winston for this? Wait, wait, who am I? Who am I? Who am I? Jameis Winston is our quarterback. Uh, The Terminator? No, come on. <laughs> All right, you're Lovey. Yeah, that's my boy, Lovey Smith. I miss you, Lovey. Come on back to Chicago. Just kidding. You're fine down there. Jameis Winston. Um, of course, of the two rookie quarterbacks, Jameis Winston and Marcus Mariota, Jameis definitely has the more proven weapons around him. Um, I also think he's probably the guy between the two, if you want to look at either of them. But I'm really not. I, there's so many great quarterbacks this year with a lot of good potential. I'm looking out. I'm not looking at any rookies to lead my fantasy team. Yeah, I think Winston's another one of those mid-end, late-end QB2s with upside. Uh, I'm not particularly excited for him uh, outside of a a decent bye week backup. Yeah, that actually is an interesting thing to say. Given the correct matchup, he could be a a darned good bye bye week guy. I mean, Josh McCown who is, you know, Cleveland guy now. He managed to put together a thousand yards for both Bob uh not Bobby Rainey, for both Evans and Jackson. And who knows what this young upstart quarterback can do. Yeah, I think there's definitely gonna be some growing pains, but I do think that he's gonna be an intriguing backup quarterback uh for your fantasy team just purely because of the upside. Definitely, but don't forget how many rookie quarterbacks come in and aren't phenomenal. Now, lately, there have been a lot of guys that come in in their first year, light up the scoreboards, but then fall off a tad. Uh, if you're looking at RG3 or anything like that, um, J- Andrew Luck got off to a slower start, but now he's straight money. I don't think Jameis Winston and Andrew Luck should be in the same sentence, though. 
All right, well, so now that we know where we both stand on Jameis Winston, how do you think that's going to impact his receiving options in terms of fantasy? You know, we've got Mike Evans coming off the board uh, at wide receiver 12, generally speaking, and then we have Vincent Jackson coming off, off the board way later, uh, you know, not until round six or seven usually. Uh, what are your thoughts on those guys? Well, I guess my thoughts all hinge on a few basic questions. Question one is, do you think Jameis Winston will be able to hit the broadside of a barn? These aren't rhetorical. <laughs> Thanks for uh, clarifying. Absolutely. I, th- I think that he looked um, pretty rusty in you know those first two series in the preseason game, but I do think that you know people tend to overreact a little bit, uh, especially during the preseason. You know, we all saw Amir Abdullah's amazing highlight reel, uh, but uh, then again, you know, Joyk Bell is still going to be. Uh, involved and people tend to uh you know forget the bad plays and remember the good plays and i think that winston's going to uh not be andrew luck by any means but i think that he's going to be quite competent right and the reason i ask that uh, basic question that was answered um very indirectly is because he just needs to hit the broadside of, of a barn because evans and jackson are two wide receivers with very large catch radiuses. Not quite as big as ODB, but pretty darn good for a wide receiver. Question number two. How much of a step down do you think year one of Jameis Winston will be from Josh McCown last year? I don't think it's going to be a step down at all. I think it's going to be a step up, and that's why I, I buy into Evans even at his you know very high price tag in you know the early to mid-second round of most drafts because you know, despite the fact that Winston may overthrow uh, or underthrow Evans, I think that both he and Jackson are good enough receivers to, like you said, go up and get it. And that's part of the reason why uh, Winston's going to get a lot of help. And I agree for the record, but also leading us into question three, how much do you think the Tampa Bay Buccaneers get off the bus running the football this year? Well, um, you know, let's finish up with the wide receivers first because I have a lot of mixed feelings about uh, the Oh, no, this is completely relevant to the wide receivers. I'm asking how much you think they're going to run the football because that's the only thing that can hurt Evans or Jackson is if Lovey Smith turns back the dial to his Chicago Bears days and just decides to run every single play he can and run draws on third down every time he can. Well, let's say this. I think that, one, uh, Lovey Smith isn't going to be as involved in the play calling. I do think that Dirk Cutter is going to get a good amount of freedom with the play calls because he's shown such competence uh, you know, during his time in Atlanta. And I think that they're going to want to run the football quite a bit, but a combination of their um, inefficiencies on defense as well as uh, on their offensive line are going to restrict how much they're actually going to be able to run. Does that make sense? And you have just proved the value of a one Mike Evans and a one Vincent Jackson by answering three simple questions. How do you feel about yourself? Uh, do I, is my prize Mike Evans? Uh, you already own Mike Evans. I do in our league, but I want him in every league because that's how much I believe in him. I honestly do think that he's talented enough and that Winston is decent enough uh, to make him a top 10 wide receiver this year. You're not worried any about the dreaded sophomore slump. 
No, I think that, you know, people are talking about him regressing in terms of touchdowns. He had 12 last year. I don't see that happening. I mean, it's certainly possible, but I don't know that it's a given. I think that he is a monster red zone threat and that he's going to catch double-digit touchdowns. I think I think he'll get close to double digits. I don't quite see twelve happening, but I think nine is a darn good number to have, and that's my that's my thought in my head. I uh, reason I think that I guess we're we're rolling right into wide receivers, which is fine because they they all sort of tie together. I just don't see any possible way that Vincent Jackson only has two touchdowns this year. The man had 20, 20 more targets than Mike Evans did. They had Evans had sixty eight catches. Jackson's had seventy catches. In terms of targets, Evans had 125, Jackson had 143. They both were over 1,000 yards, 1051 and 1,002. Even per catch average, 15.5, 14.3. That's not that drastic of a difference. The only huge difference here is the touchdowns. And I just don't see any way that Vincent Jackson has less than five touchdowns this year. Look, I agree that Vincent Jackson is going to kind of regress the mean and you know get his fair share of touchdowns, but you also have to remember that McCown and Glennon only combined for 21 total passing touchdowns last That's true. year, and I think that there's going to be more total to go around, which is why I think that Evans can maintain his touchdown rate. Okay. I, I... It'll be interesting to see. I mean, that's just a ton. If he maintains that touchdown rate, that will put him in very, very elite production categories at a very young age, like Des Bryant type production. So, okay, looking at Evans' ADP right now, uh, Antonio Brown, Des, Demarius, Julio, um, Calvin, Jordy, AJ Green, Odell Beckham, and Randall Cobb and Alshon Jeffrey and T.Y. Hilton are all going before him. Are there any of those guys that you would, you know, pop Evans over? No, I think that's the right spot. See, for me, I'm going to actually sneak him up in front of T.Y. Hilton. Okay. I think that Luck is going to be sort of like Drew Brees in that he's going to spread it around to whoever's open because he's a good enough quarterback to realize, you know, what he's reading from the defense. Sure, maybe some somebody like uh, Philip Dorsett comes in and take and steals some production. Yeah, I think that Hilton is actually being overvalued a little bit um, because they really didn't have any reliable receivers outside of Hilton last year, and that's completely changed. But at the same time, they can't just key on Hilton because you can't just leave Andre Johnson sitting there. Sure, agreed. I, I just think that me personally, I would definitely take Evans over Hilton. Okay, I, and I and I can't fight that thought at all. Now I have seen a few rankings that have that have Evans like under Kelvin Benjamin. I think that's absolutely asinine. Um, I'm sure you agree. Uh, absolutely. I, I don't know who those people are, but I would love to play in a league with them. Right? Yeah. Let's let's find them. Uh, so let's talk about the value here. Vincent Jackson going around the 75th overall pick. I think that is an absolute steal for you know a w- low end wide receiver two, high end wide receiver three. Yeah, I, I can't uh, begin to tell you. I, I want him. I think he's going to have another 1,000-yard, if not near 1,000-yard year. He's going to have that those large catch, 80-plus catch numbers, near 90 catch numbers, and his, his touchdowns will go up. Um, we always talk about that, or at least I always talk about that recency bias that drives these drafts and drives people's thoughts about players. I think he's going to regress back to the mean, get those touchdowns, get that touchdown number to up. He's going to have at least five touchdowns this year. He's still going to have 80 plus near 90 catches. He's going to still be near a thousand yards receiving. And that puts him in, I mean, in some drafts, he's going after guys like golden Tate. I think that's ludicrous. 
um, Amari Cooper. You know, you never know with these rookies. Um, Vincent Jackson is is money. He's a money football player with that catch radius I was talking about, and he has no business going near as late as they're talking about. All right, so I'm going to name off a few wide receivers around Vincent Jackson's ADP, and let's play a quick Would You Rather. Yep. Um, Brand- would you rather? Vincent would you Jackson? Rather, would, you, would you rather? Vincent Jackson or Brandon Marshall? Oh, Vincent Jackson. What about Deshaun Jackson? Vincent Jackson. Jarvis Landry? Vincent Jackson. Jeremy Macklin? Oh, Vincent Jackson. And I, I have no idea why Victor Cruz is going that early in this in, in the ADP, but uh, obviously Jackson with Cruz. Um, what about Allen Robinson? You don't like a salsa? <laughs> I, hey, I, I love Victor Cruz as a person and as a player, and I'm rooting for him, but I just, I'm nervous about drafting him. Vincent Jackson. Uh, so what about Allen Robinson, though? Vincent Jackson. Okay. Uh, Nelson Aguilar? <laughs> Vincent Jackson still. Okay, yeah, I th- I think we we both agree that uh, I you know he's crazy undervalued right now, and I think he's gonna be a steal for whoever gets to grab him in drafts. Yep, completely agree. All right, now now we've uh, we've hit on basically everything that's exciting about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Not that it was that exciting, but it was exciting nonetheless. Now we'll move towards the dark zone. Yeah, just a real quick note. I do think that uh, Lewis Murphy is a decent wide receiver three. He's a guy who uh, Winston can hit with those anticipation passes. And I think that Kenny Bell, whenever he's ready to go, is going to be a pretty pretty good player in this league and in probably a sneaky play in fantasy as well. But um, we'll, we'll have to see how he progresses as the season goes on. Are you interested in any of them if Vincent Jackson's age catches up to him or he, or one of these guys get hurt or anything? Yeah, I think that Kenny Bell could be a star. Okay, okay. Um, that being said, I do think that Jackson is shown to be resilient, and until we see you know that gradual Roddy decline, I, I'm still all in on him. Yeah, I, I agree. I completely agree. But speaking of uh, his other receiving targets, uh, Winston's that is, what about the tight ends that they have? You know, they picked up Tim Wright again from New England yeah. after they traded him away. Uh, does this lower Austin Safarian Jenkins stock for you at all? Austin Safarian Jenkins was already a real low end tight end with some high upside. His He's got a very low floor. He's got a decently high ceiling. I don't think his ceiling puts him in like top five tight end status or anything. But if you're in a dynasty, that's a name that you want to have on your team. Yeah, I think for redraft purposes, we're going to be uh, kind of preaching the same thing time after time, and that's that there are a ton of tight end twos with tight end one upside, and I, I don't really want to gamble on any of them uh, by buying in too early in a draft. I'd rather take whoever falls. For every Rob Gronkowski, there's about 30 Charles Clays, uh, Kevin Rudolphs, uh, Jason Morrow's that's a good name that back that a few years ago people were saying oh yeah Mark Sanchez is going to hit the tight end a bajillion times well show me a winning team that had Jason Morrow on it well Mark Sanchez hit the tight end at least once and then fumbled the football <laughs> sorry I couldn't oh, resist you. there <laughs> um, so all right so the tight ends we agree you know tight end twos with upside yeah 
Yeah, the, if there's one to own, it's ASJ. I don't think I think Tim Wright is an afterthought, and I think Brandon Myers at this point is even higher on their depth chart than Tim Wright right now. Yeah, I honestly wasn't even going to bring him up because I don't think Brandon Myers is a good football player even. No, what did he he had some good games. Was it the, with the Giants or am I just sounding stupid? Yeah, right he now? was okay, but I think that was more uh, by default than anything. Oh yeah, else. no, I agree. So, all right, let's get to the running game then, which what is, everybody's been waiting for. Which is clear as mud. Um, yeah. So watching the Bucks and Vikings game, I, I noticed two things. Number one was that Doug Martin looked leaner and quicker than he has in uh, the last couple of seasons. He looked more like his rookie self. Uh, but at the same time, that offensive line looked just awful. I don't know if it was the Vikings D-line that uh, you know was actually you know pretty good or if it was just the Bucks line not being able to run block at all. Yeah, uh, that, that's pretty much the same thing I thought. Yeah, and now, you know, after that game, uh, they lost DeMar Dotson, that uh, right tackle, and, you know, it's yet to be seen how long he's going to be out. They're saying it's just a sprain right now, and, it, you know, it, hopefully it shouldn't be a long-term issue. We'll keep monitoring that. Uh, but I just don't see the line giving them that many opportunities. That said... Uh, Doug Martin did pull off a few nice, you know, five, six yard runs despite uh, the Lions inefficiencies. Do you think that he could be, you know, not not a top five running back again, like in his rookie year, but maybe a running back, too? I don't even think he's a decent running back too. for everything that's great about Doug Martin, all the good things that we've seen with him um, over the years. We've also seen when Doug Martin has been out those same flashes from Charles Sims from Mike James was a big name was a big ad for a lot of people. And also from Bobby Rainey. Um, I, I don't really think one has really distanced himself. I think Doug Martin will go into the year as the starter, but I can't say how long that's going to last for. You know, I'm going to, say something that probably no one's going to agree with. I think Uh-oh. that I would rather you know, in standard leagues, uh Doug Martin is going a few spots ADP wise behind TJ Yeldon and I think I would rather have Doug Martin than TJ Yeldon? Yes, sir. Wow, that is something you will not hear other people say because everybody goes crazy about these uh these running these rookie uh rookie players, but TJ Yeldon, when we get to Jack, when we get to Jacksonville, uh, I, he's just another, to me, that's not a, a great example because he's not a guy I'm looking at anyways, because, you know, I still think it's muddied back there with Gerhardt and Yeldon and, and Robinson and, uh, what they've got, they've got another guy back there too. Storm Johnson. Is that right? Um, but yeah, you're absolutely right. Not many people will say that, but you're more than welcome to. I, I, I just don't understand because. Uh, both have not very good offensive lines. Um, both have, you know, slightly muddied carry projections because who knows what kind of timeshare it's going to be. And if anything, I think that Winston with Evans and Jackson are going to keep defenses more honest than Blake Bortles with Julius Thomas and Allen Robinson. To keep it in the South, would you rather have a Buccaneers running back or a Falcons running back in a one-year league? Ooh, um, uh, you know, I think I would still go Tevin Coleman just because I believe in the Atlanta Falcons offense more. Um, but it's pretty close. I, I would take Doug Martin pretty closely uh, after Coleman. 
Yeah, I, I, I agree on both counts. That said, is Doug Barton anybody that you're even thinking can start as a flex? Yeah, I think he's a perfectly fine flex starter. Um, okay. I, I think that he has the upside, but that that has yet to be seen. I just think that he's a great value right now because people are so down on him. Yeah, okay. I can see that. Uh, so what, what about Charles Sims? What are your thoughts on him? I feel I honestly feel pretty much the exact same way about every one of these guys. Martin, to me, I think has the highest ceiling, the most potential just because of what we've seen him be able to do. I mean, he ripped off some really awesome runs as a rookie and then being on the Buccaneers sort of caught up to him is what I think happened. But Lovey Smith, if he had his way, will take Doug Martin and turn him into his Thomas Jones. Yeah, I I actually don't like Charles Sims at all. From the tape that I've watched of him, he is just not a very good running back. If anything, I would rather take Bobby Rainey over Charles okay. Sims. And Sims has a lot more injuries in his history as well. Yeah, and look at what Rainey did last year when, you know, Martin was injured, Sims was coming back from injury. I think that oh, you know, he's that unexciting Benny Cunningham type player who's like third on the depth chart. Kind of like Anton Smith, but he's going to be that reliable veteran that's, you know, going to get those two, three yards when he's called upon. Yeah, I mean, both those guys you named Cunningham and Smith are pretty exciting when they're on the football field, but they're not exciting on your fantasy roster. Sure, they're kind of, you know, desperate, desperate measures, uh, you know, when you have nobody on the waiver wire for a particular week. Um, But I do think that Charles Sims is a do not draft for me at his price. Yeah, I agree. I agree. All right. So I think that just about does it for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Did you want to add anything else? Um, Just the only question is if Jameis Winston truly doesn't work out, he's an absolute bust. Um, Do you think Lovey can turn to Mike Lennon? And if he does, do you think Mike Lennon's worth starting ever by weeks? Anything? Honestly, no, but I don't think that. And obviously it would be a downgrade for Evans and Jackson, but I, th- yeah. I think that they would still be decent wide receiver options. So uh, I guess my answer to your question is no. Okay. That's a, that's a good answer to a bad question. I, I think we've seen what Mike Lennon is, and what we've seen is that he's basically a, a slightly better version of Matt Barkley. Yeah, or a slightly worse version of Josh McCown. Sure, and that's that's not very good at all. So, <laughs> right. And what does that mean for the Cleveland Browns? Oh, I can't wait to get to the Browns episode. Hey, the Bears also started Josh McCown for a while, so you yeah, but he was boy. good for us. So you know, we have fond memories. That's right. That's right. We pulled him back off. He was what he was coaching high school football or something. Then we pulled him away, ripped him away from the, that that high school team, so they were coachless, and we brought him in to play quarterback for us. Wasn't that Kyle Orton? all right well that does it for the buccaneers episode of the quick snaps quick snap 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 and next episode we will be discussing the new orleans saints we hope you can join us for that as always you can ask us questions on twitter you can reach me at ffa underscore mung that's m-e-n-g Feel free to hit me up, as the kids say, at FFA underscore Los L-O-S. And as always, our man, the producer, Dan, at FFA underscore Dan.
Oh, I totally forgot Dan was with us today. I know. I'm, I'm just so depressed after this whole conversation you guys had about the Bucks. I'm, I'm feeling <laughs> a little down over here. I think fantasy-wise, they're actually a, a pretty exciting team. I don't know what you're talking Their about. Their wide receivers are, and that's it. <laughs> it's actually just because his parents sold their timeshare in Florida, and he'll never be back. They didn't. They didn't? <laughs> oh. Well, if mm. you want to go visit Dan in Florida, he will be That's there right, during Bay. the winter months, and you can uh, try to find him. He won't be a very exciting person to talk to. He's very down on the Buccaneers, but you can try. All right, peace out. <laughs> Thanks, Alex. <laughs> Your favorite band's about to play a sold-out show. You got in. Over here. With a friend and found a spot close enough to see the set list. They're definitely playing your song. When you're with Amex, it's not if it's going to happen, but when. American Express. Don't live life without it. When the global supply chain is strained, one essential transportation network continues to keep the economy connected 24-7. That network is Freight Rail. We're increasing hiring and capacity all while investing more than $20 billion per year into our network to improve reliability every day. We never stop working to better serve our customers because Freight Rail works.